Hello boys and girls, gents and women, this is Brown Boy Chronicles, a collective of four brown boys bringing you the latest updates about life, hot takes on music and fashion, mixed with some clown behavior and overall just good vibes. Hope y'all enjoy and appreciate y'all tuning in. Enjoy fam. Alright, uh, welcome to Brown Boy Chronicles. This is episode four. This is KB. This is Harvey. This is Lucky. And today we have a special guest, Navjo Daliwal. She's a life coach. What that basically means is I'm just going to take a little in, the little blurb off your Instagram page uh, where it says she she helps you get out of your own way. So without further ado, welcome, Nojoth. Uh, do you want to do a quick introduction? Tell the people who you are. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. First off, for having me. My name is Navjot, like you mentioned, a.k.a. the metaphysical goddess. That's been my personal brand now for about 10 years. Um, I've been a life coach for the last four years, and I've been hosting retreats as well for the last two years. And um, yeah, I think sometimes they say that the simplest way to describe what you do is better. So I love that you said, and you just read it right off my Instagram. I help you get out of your own way. So I help people release their subconscious narratives uh, in their mind and then emotional blockages that they have towards living the life that they truly desire. How'd you come up with that, uh, the Instagram handle or like your, I guess your branding? Oh my God. It's so funny. It was actually like such a joke. So 10 years ago, um, I was graduating with my degree uh, in psychology and I added a minor in philosophy. And the first philosophy class that I took was metaphysics. And so I actually learned it from that, um, you know, from a philosophical level. And then when I graduated, I started getting really into spirituality and using a lot of different modalities. And I just noticed that a lot of people were using metaphysics, but in this very like woo woo, like kind of out there sense. <laughs> and I was like, let me just play on this a little bit because I am very grounded as a spiritual teacher and guide. Um, but I just wanted a fun name. So I was like metaphysical goddess. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess we can just get right into it. So this might seem like a basic question, but I think it there's probably layers to it. What is spirituality? Like, what does it mean to you? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think spirituality is uh, trusting in the unseen reality. I think it has to do with energy. I think it has to do with remembering um, that we actually are a spirit before we are a body. So we are energy, right? The body's going to decay. Physical reality is going to not be here, you know, like once we leave these bodies. So the only thing that remains is energy and energy uh, can't be destroyed or created. So it's the mystery of life, right? And so I even had one of my physics professors once share that he can, you know, describe energy in uh, joules, kilojoules, uh, understand force, understand how the physical world um, behaves through energy, but he can never tell you what energy is and how it got created. And I think that's what spirituality is at its core. It's it's our energy, our energetic side, and really seeing, um, can we trust in the unseen reality? So do we have a spirit? Yes, we do. And do we have a body? Yes, we do. Do we have a heart? Yes, we do. Do we have a mind? Yes, we do. So there's four aspects that really are there. It's our physical health, emotional health, mental health, and spiritual health. And I think a lot of people disregard the spiritual health. Like we really don't know that realm because it is such an unseen thing. It's more using your intuition. It's a felt experience rather than a physical experience. So I feel like my issue with spirituality is I feel like it's almost not fake but i feel like a lot of stuff is 
where like people don't understand that some stuff can be fake some stuff isn't fake so how do you tell like a normal person that's like doesn't believe in anything like spirituality or anything like that since you're a life coach how do you come about like helping them out or like finding themselves in that way and just to clear the definition of spirituality do you do you uh interchangeably use spirituality with a soul I do actually, I did read once those very interesting thing that said, um, soul is kind of the oneness within everything. So within all, all of us, you know, within all the trees, the birds, the bees, that's soul. And then spirit is kind of like this huge, like the ocean. Right. And then you have like the little drops of water that are in it. So the spirits are like, all of us have our own spirit, right. And our ancestors had their own individual spirit that inhabited a body. So like soul is kind of like the thing that's within everything. So an all encompassing energy, then that energy gets split into all different emanations. So different reflections. And that's like what's sitting in all of our individual bodies. And then you take it down to the ego level, which is me saying that I'm Navjot. And then I know I just met all of y'all today, so I forgot your names, but that's taking it down to like just the physical, right? That's how we identify ourselves. So that's kind of like the layers of of that. It's a great question between soul and spirit. Um, but yeah, Karnvir, going back to your question, love that question. I actually think that people that don't believe in God's spirituality or anything of that, they're actually more connected than we think because... Um, there is this, what I call, what I like to say, this dark side to all the spiritual stuff, which is the illusion that it can create. And I think being Desi, <laughs> we know, right? Because like in our country, in India, right? And our ancestors, like there was like the, the original knowledge, right? And then when the religion started coming in, and then obviously it's such a impoverished country. So then you have like these pundits and all these other people that are just kind of like trying to make money. And it's not really connected to any roots. It's not really connected to that that rooted thing it's more like oh this is a red flag by the way if you ever see somebody that like claims to be very spiritual it's like if they say that like they're the answer you know what i mean it, it's like really a guide is supposed to be bringing you closer to your own spirit versus like i'm the thing that's going to be your you know your spirit you know and so there's a lot in there but if somebody like really doesn't understand it and they're very skeptical about it I take it really, really deep back into like just the quantum physics level, because now even on a scientific level, they're starting to prove things like this, that, uh, you know, if we take it all the way back to ancient times that they already knew these things. Right. So if we go back to like indigenous people, if we go back to the original people in a lot of these spaces, you know, there was this energy moving throughout them and they had less distractions. So they were more connected to it. But in this modern world, right, it's very easy to not believe that there is anything like that because we're very, very distracted. Um, and also we have a lot of religion, religious trauma as well. So once uh, spirituality started uh, to become like this cult-like behavior, I'm this religion, I'm that religion, I'm this religion, it stripped away the basis of what spirituality is. So I would say for anybody that doesn't really know or they're skeptical, Let's start looking into quantum physics. Let's start looking at micro, super, super micro quantum level particles, right? Because that's going to just prove that anything physical isn't really physical. It's just a bunch of tightly packed particles. And so um, that's the basis of it. So you can explain quantum physics in a simple way and also in a really, really uh, in-depth way. So I would uh, explain it like, let's just say it's somebody who's atheist or someone that doesn't really want to go there. I would explain explain it in terms of energy, maybe even share with them the most recent studies of the God particle. So really sharing like the mystery uh, in a way of energy rather than this woo-woo concept of like 
something's in the sky or, you know, it's a man in the sky or it's actually not human at all. What, what I'm talking about, you know? So yeah. Energy. So I guess my question was, since you brought up quantum physics and I've been watching a shit ton of PBS space time. So I've been like, <laughs> wa- like just recently like got into this like quantum like binge since we don't have like a huge theory of everything where, you know, you connect the quantum level to like what uh, theory of relativity is like what, you know, Einstein and all of that. How are you connecting, you know, quantum realm to spirituality? I know you mentioned the God particle at quantum level, you know, reality is created through observation, you know, like how they say electron can be a particle in a wave. So since everything is in a superposition, are you just using that uncertainty to make the, like make that bridge between spirituality? Like, or like, how do you, like when you when you say quantum level, can you like kind of go in a little bit deeper than that? Yeah, no, that's great. I think that beyond the science of it, right? Because like you mentioned, theory is theory, right? I mean, if you go to any scientist, they'll, th- they'll tell you that a theory can't even be 100% accurate, right? And so that's a like second layer of spirituality when it comes to even explaining it on the quantum level. And that's like using our intuition and like trusting also takes a huge part into it. I like that you mentioned particles and waves, right? Like, cause that brings up the whole idea of vibration, right? So the more sensitive we get and the, cause we've de- been desensitized, right? Like as a society, when I say that, I mean, like, we're just so like what's in front of us is real and that's what we trust. And so it's like, well, then how can I prove something like spirituality is real or the quantum world? Like that's where I would first go into, right, is the science behind it. But at the end of the day, we still have to also just like trust, right? And there's that second layer of it because even before science, imagine if we didn't have anything to describe the physical reality, right? Like what would we even be saying any of this is? We would just be in it like how animals are. Animals are just in it. An animal can't look in the mirror and say, I'm a cat. You know, humans have this level of consciousness where we actually can be like, oh, I'm Navjot. I'm a human. That's a cat. That's a dog. That's a monkey. That's a plant. Right. We are the only ones that start classifying everything. You but know? do we and know so- that for sure, though? That, that's always a discussion as well, too. Right. It's like, do these other species also have... <laughs> Consciousness is also its own, like, own very interesting topic of its own too, right? Right. Like, why are we as humans the only beings that consider themselves as being conscious? Mm-hmm. Like, is anybody else in this living world? Because there's other living beings, right? Like at the micro level too. Uh-huh. How do we prove consciousness? It's it's like a never-ending question. Yeah, and they're all conscious. Like bacteria is conscious. Fungi is really conscious. Trees are very conscious. Animals have consciousness. I think that uh, the human mind, though, what makes us different is like we're the only ones that can be like aware of that consciousness, right? I think that's why we're able to create all this stuff. But consciousness, too, can just keep going deeper, right? So like there's a lot of human beings out there that like I mean, we're born with that consciousness in general, right? Like as soon as we're in this world, but you know, it's, it's how conscious can you be? And I think that's the aspect. If I go back to your question is like, yeah, we can understand things in the quantum level and on the science thing. And like I mentioned, understanding that nothing's actually physical, everything's like waves and particles, and it looks very real. We're living in an illusion right now. But how do we know that? How can I prove that to somebody? That's going to be all based on your level of consciousness and how sensitive you're letting yourself become. Because um, the way we've all been programmed is like very desensitized to our spirit. So of course, no one's going to believe that we have this. It's something you have to feel. You know, I can't even explain it to you. I can take you through the journey of it because I'm a guide, right? Like through meditation or through yoga or even 
just putting yourself in that container and that in that space, that environment of it, but your experience of it is going to be completely different from the person next to you. But either way, we're all connecting to the same thing. So that's that other layer of it that you can describe it, but you also have to experience it in order for it to be embodied, you know, and really feel it. So for you, so I like, I think Rinku and I kind of talked about this earlier. There's this uh, professor, his name is Sam Harris, and he kind of talks about stoicism and meditation and all of that. And the way he describes it, it's like the way we look at the world, it's like a dualistic approach. You know, I'm a, I'm an observer. You're at subject-object like relation where like we think like, you know, I'm looking at you right now. You're the object. I'm the subject that's observing it. But if you try to look within, try to locate that subject in your mind, you're not going to be able to find it. So when it comes to like the greater part of spirituality or meditation beyond that, like, is that just like the surface level? Like when you're like, I guess you probably, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like the way you describe yourself is you probably like maybe transcended, like you have like eroded that subject object relationship. So going through life is everything just appearing to you and you're just in this flow state or do you have to kind of be aware like is it practice like are you practicing being more in the moment or since you are this guide you're just in this like conscious flow state I don't know how to describe it like basically I'm trying to ask if like do you still put an effort on trying to erode the subject object relationship or have eroded it completely and now everything is just What's the subject-object relationship? Can you like go more in depth in that? So essentially, basically, we think we like, like what she's talking about energy and all of that, like you are an object, I'm a subject, I'm observing you. Uh, there's this relationship of me, like lucky looking at you. But when you try to find lucky within your mind, where is he? Like, wh- is, is that the voice in my head? Is that the consciousness? Is that my thoughts that are coming and going? Where is that center point of lucky in your brain? And the illusion is, there is no center point. Everything is just kind of appearing in a way. And the way we, I think that's what she's talking about, the illusion aspect of it. It seems like an illusion, but it's you kind of, I guess, goes back to where you're kind of getting in your own way and Mm -hmm. you are trying to like kind of, I guess, trying hard when it shouldn't really be trying. You're trying to add like an object relationship to something when it, everything is just observation. I don't know if that's like true or not, but if you want to describe it in a joke better, uh, but at least that's what I understood out of it. So I guess my question was like to her, like, does she still have to like kind of have that battle between subject and object or does she just everything just appears to her? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. We're getting into like the holographic universe type shit now and I love it. But um, but yeah, no. I, OK, like what you just described, I really love it. I'm just going to like describe it again into like another uh, way. Please do. That I think, no, but I love what you just said, because it's so true. The first, um, the first, you know, time that this was introduced to me, the subject, object, observer, like this language you're speaking of, um, it was like through quantum physics, it was actually through the book, The Holographic Universe, but my professor was helping me with it, understand or grasp it. But it's kind of like this thing of like, I'm Navjot. I'm observing my reality, everything that's ever happened to me, right? I know that it's real because it's kind of like, I think therefore I am, right? Like I know it's real because I'm perceiving it, right? I'm perceiving it. But let's say I die right now in five minutes. Like I leave, I leave my body, I'm dead. I myself, from my perspective, cannot prove to you that any of this was even real. 
you know, like at all. You guys, the world might go on. Obviously, we know the world's going to go on. Navjot's not here, whatever. The world's going to keep going on. But I, from my perspective, cannot tell you that any of this was actually real because I'm not here anymore. I'm not observing anymore. Right. So it's that observer thing. But you're absolutely um, I love your question because I think that there's this spiritual ego that a lot of like people and I've been in the industry for a while that they tend to have around this word transcendent. Oh, I've transcended my ego. Like I no longer I'm always observing. But I call like BS on that because I've like really studied all aspects of that. I've gone into just full observer mode. Right. But it made me really detach from reality and detach from my humanness. And it actually was blocking me from experiencing a lot of things I came here to experience. So when what we caused you to do that, was it a chemical? Like, was it a drug or like you're just talking in general? I'm just talking in general because I was experiencing this even before I tried psychedelics. And we can get a little bit deeper into that because psychedelics does give you a temporary experience of not having the ego. So you're yeah. just observing your whole life. There's no emotional attachment to it. There's no, oh, I am so unloved because this happened to me. There's no identity you're creating from your experiences um, and anything like that. But I'm just saying more so of like I meditated myself there. You know what I mean? Like I really, really did like on a disciplined spiritual practice. So like if you think about that, you kind of think about like a monk, right? Like yep. let me just detach from the society altogether um and go live in a mountain and just be like a sadhu right and that's like meditating for hours and hours on end and those people aren't going to be very reactive people you know what i mean like a fire's in front of them they've literally gone to points in their consciousness where they're not going to have as much reactivity you know i myself enjoy being a very dramatic person i like being in my emotions i like my character so this is a healthy expression of ego is when like you own your humanity and you own the part that you're human and then you can still be a very very spiritually connected being and it's going to actually give you a lot of clues into how to walk through life right but you never want to um what they call a spiritually bypass or emotionally bypass right so at least for me right like if someone's path is to be this transcended monk that's still ego because guess what i just labeled it something you know they're still taking on an identity of something even if they decided not have a name anymore and they're a no name right there's still some way you're describing them they're still describing themselves some way so it's just interesting with that whole transcendence thing but i will say that um hitting that state is important hitting that state at least once in your life if you're you know, trying to just be more spiritually connected or it's not really a trying, it's more of a dropping in. If you continue to drop in and just become more spiritually connected, it can give you a lot of answers, a lot of answers to life. Like just when you're in that much clarity that you've gone beyond your thoughts, emotions and ego and you strip those layers just temporarily so that you can be in that state and then it'll help you move through life better. But uh, and just more aligned, you just understand because I don't really think um the shit stops. Like, I think that you can go and escape reality if you want and live in a mountain and just meditate all the time. But there's still going to be something because it's a part of the human condition. You know, obviously, there'll be more things if you're in the city, more things if you're connected to people. Right. But we learn the most from our relationships and from what we do in life. So I think and how we behave. So I think um, but it's important. I think it's important to be in that observer state at least often, you know, so that you don't let circumstances people and life kind of do this the way I describe it is kind of like it pulls you all the time, you know, like you're never going to have that center if if you're just fully focused on the 3D and what's in front of you. When you like talk about like observing, like is it like do you also just say like just like people watching, right? Like, I mean, I like 
All right, I'm just I want to just like yo, is this episode is like off lim like on limits on everything because like we've all yo lucky like KV, are you guys cool because we've all yeah. we've all delved in psychedelics. Mm-hmm. I work in medicine, so yeah. like I want to just be like completely like transparent in this episode. Like th- like I'm hype as fuck for this episode. I know me too. <laughs> nah, because like there's so much shit to talk about. Yeah, because like no, like I'm definitely on that wave too, right? Like when I talk like observing and stuff, like it just like you. Like, I'm always people watching, like, personally, right? Like, is that, like, that's how I find myself observing. But, like, I just find it so hilarious sometimes. Just, like, what people, like, get into it about or, like, start bickering or causing problems, right? Like, you're thinking at a more of, like, a meta level, like, bigger bigger aspect. And I'm just, like, bro, why are people, like, worried about this kind of stuff? Or, like, why are they so invested in this kind of stuff? Like, yeah, observing is a very interesting, very interesting thing. It is. It is. And then there's like layers to it. Right. And like one thing that blew my mind was like, I've always kind of been like this since I was a kid, like seeing things like from that detached perspective and being like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? But I think that, you know, there's layers to it. But one thing that I didn't realize this is when I was studying psychology is like some people don't even have an awareness level of like their thoughts. Like they don't even know that there's voices in their head you know, and they're just full on reaction, you know, and that's like, and it's interesting when we get back into like just Vedics or sorry, Vedic science and like all of that, because there's terms for all of that, you know, like levels of consciousness. And then we can go into all, I love that you said this conversation's hyping you up because we can go into so many different pockets, you know, but it's like this concept that like some souls are here and they're like really not meant to be observing. And so it's like, that's when you know, they might hear me and I've been called crazy my whole life. But like now I'm like (laughs) seeing like, oh, wow. No, they actually think I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Because their brain can't perceive that. I feel like there's a lot of people out there, like the people that you're like kind of referring to, I feel like in my opinion are like people that are like legit. All they can focus on is just surviving. Uh So like they're just trying to survive. They're trying to get their next meal. They're trying to like, they don't have that opportunity to be able to like step back and like think and process their thoughts because they're just so like i mean we see that that's like i in my opinion i feel like that is the masses that's a general population Mm -hmm. they're just like trying to just like think about what the next step is what the next mission is what the next goal is and they don't Mm -hmm. have that like opportunity nor that privilege in a way because in a way it is a privilege for us to be able to do these kind of things because low-key we kind of i feel like got our shit together so we have that time to be able to like focus on this kind of stuff Whereas a lot of people don't have the opportunity because of circumstances in life. And they're just constantly in that rat race. What if you just like living in the moment, though? Like, why is observing so important almost? What if you like living in the moment? What she's trying to say, that is like living in the moment. Most people, I think the problem is that people don't realize they're thinking without knowing that they're thinking. So it's essentially like having a grasp on your attention. So when you're observing and you have a grasp on your attention, it's hard to articulate, but like you, you, the moment it happens, that's when I think what she's describing where it's just more vivid. And I know that's just all abstract, but it's basically just knowing that you're thinking without, you know, what did I say before? <laughs> Maybe no, Joseph, you can probably back me up. I think it's just mm-hmm. like kind of like, knowing that you are thinking and when you know that you're thinking and you're taking everything in it's it's observing like you know you're living in the moment but i think most people can't even get to that point because yeah. whatever rinku's talking about survival like if you try to tell someone you know like hey like try to find your inner self and they're worried about their next meal they're like you know glucose levels are down they're 
it's hard to fucking meditate if you're hungry. Like you can't yeah. reach that spiritual level. But why is it so? Why is it so important to find your inner self? Just overall, like a question for you guys. Why is it so important? Why is just living and doing your routine or doing whatever you know, getting new hobbies? I don't think it's important. I no, think that's it's fine. Like getting new hobbies, but like you should embrace what you're doing, right? Like, yeah, I feel like you're essentially assigning. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm personally like anytime like where I'm anywhere, like I'm always in thought. So I'm like, damn, like I'm in the, like, I'm just like, damn, I'm out in, like, I was just in the hot tub, right? Like, I'm always like, thinking to myself, like, damn, you know, like, I'm just in the hot tub right now. Like, like life is good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, just, I'm like, like so appreciative of like being in the moment. So like, I'm living in the moment, but I'm like, I'm being appreciative of the moment, right? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm obviously working for certain goals and working for certain things. But then in a way, like, I'm also thinking like, yo, I'm doing this and this is what I want to always be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like, I want to be able to have the opportunity to always be doing this. So I'm, not, I'm always in constant thought with myself, but like, that's just how I've become now over time through like many experiences. Like that's how my mind just works now. Yeah. That's, that's how my mind works too. But <laughs> then, then you transcended dog. What are you talking no, about? That's not, no, but, no, not but about I get that. what you're it's, saying. It's, it's, I get what weird, you're saying. Like, card beer. I feel like you guys put this like, oh, you got, you have to be on like a spiritual, spiritual. No, you don't have to be. Nobody has to be, but like, it is dope to be here. But if, for, okay, let's just say, KV, you got to this end state. For someone that doesn't know this end state, how would you tell them what path to take to get to this end state? That's like the path that she's talking this about. Is, this is my issue, right? So even if people are surviving, whatever, they still find those moments, right? In their lives, even if they're surviving, they find those little moments that make them happy and then make them appreciate their life. I think no matter what stage you are in your life, even if you have money, if you don't have money, you find those moments regardless. And I feel like everyone has that capability. But it's not about finding the moments. It's making every second a moment. It, like you can obviously it's never going to be all highs and like, you know, that's just not possible. You can't always be at a 10. Like I understand what you're saying. Like if you have a baseline level, you're going to go to a 10 and that's like a moment but it's making sure you appreciate the baseline level itself. Like you can make the baseline be a moment in itself, if that makes sense. I feel like if you don't have this capability, that's what prevents people from continuing to level up because yeah. like they need to be able to process this stuff and then be like, okay, what's the next step? Like, and then you, but you have to like actually like stick things up because like there's so much just contentment, right? Like you're just like, yeah, you're in the moment, but then you don't progress further than that because you're not thinking to yourself of oh, what else is more attainable, what is more achievable. You're not actually like going in a deep thought and talking to yourself. You kind of get stuck. Yeah. And like the state of consciousness. But I see what Garner was saying. This is kind of like what I was saying about spiritual ego in a way, because I see both sides because it's like being in this world, like I said, for the past 10 years, I've gone to yoga festivals. I've gone to like spiritual treks to Peru. Like I've gone to Costa Rica. I've gone to like so many places, right? And it's like every time I look, it's not to say that anyone's more spiritual than anybody else. We all came here with the spirit. We all have it, whether you're conscious of it or not. And I think that's the difference. And what Carmen you're saying, I think I agree. I think if you get too into observer mode, then guess what? Your logical mind's still there. So you're going to start overthinking and you're not going to be present. So there's like the people that are in Rajas. This is the Vedic uh, science term for the people who can't, they don't know that they have thoughts, right? So they're just in the moment. Let's say their bank account goes to zero tomorrow. They're the ones that are going to be like tripping out the most instead of like, man, like, what is this teaching me? Or like, what is this? Or, hey, why is this happening in my life? They don't have the ability to even get there, right? Like first they have to be broken in order to even start thinking like that. So all of us, you know, we've been through certain layers, you know, of, of things that have broken us. Like you don't basically, you don't even find 
spirituality without being tested in life. You know what I mean? Like you don't really find it if everything's going great. You know, you find it if you've experienced some like shit, you know, and this is why I go into more of the subconscious healing and trauma because what Karen Veer is saying is right. Like there's no, even if someone's not aware of their subconscious mind or like they're not observant, there's still spirit in there. I'm no, no more spiritual than them. You know, I'm just conscious that I have a spirit. They're not. So what's the difference? The difference is they're going to be more attracted. They're going to be more, you know, like uh, they even say it in Saki, like the Kam, Krod, Log, Mog, like the five things, right? It's like lust, greed, you know, they're going to be super, super attached to the physical reality. So they're just looking for their next dopamine hit, you know, and back to um, Harvey's point, you know, like when you said survival mode, I, I, I like that you mentioned like impoverished people, right? Because when you're hungry, that's actually when you should meditate more, but like the most, but obviously it's hard. You're in your physical senses at that point. You're just in the sensory experience. You can't really go deeper into like observing that you're having a sensory experience, right? But I've seen CEOs and millionaires even be in that state. You know, where they're always in survival mode. They're not stopping down to freaking smell the flowers. You know, they're not they're not experiencing this reality. They're not present. So on both points of what Karin Reard said and what we said, what we're saying, being the observer is beautiful. That can also take you out of the present moment, though, if you're over observing, if you're in analysis paralysis all the time. Because what I'm learning now is that observation is actually from intuition, not from intellect. Whenever we're observing from intellect, that's going to take us into the overthinking mode. If we're observing from intuition, then we can hear things that our intellectual mind isn't going to be able to hear. And then when we go into the other aspect, let's say somebody can't even think, yeah, we, we're or like they're thinking, right? But they're not aware that they're thinking. Yeah, maybe they're more present, but there are, like Harvey said, they're not going to be able to level up to the next level because they're constantly getting, they're going to constantly get sucked in by the 3D, just like the physical sensory experience, you know, without having that. So it's important, I think, to be in touch with your spirit because it's more about your evolution, right? We're not just evolving biologically, we're evolving energetically. And I think that that's where the next level needs to go because, you know, we're out here and we're disconnected from Mother Earth, which is like the most powerful thing that we should be connected to, you know, and that, on that level of like the elements and everything. And like someone who's not tuned in, they're not going to be aware of anything going on, you know? So how can they improve their life, you know, in, in, that, in that sense, improve their life, their relationships, connections. Now we can get deeper into manifestation too, because when you're in alignment with all four of those things, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally, that's when you can start manifesting. So you can start bringing things closer to you. So someone who's not in connection with their spirit, life's going to be very much a hamster wheel for them their whole life. Right. Instead of being able to attract those things by doing the subconscious deeper healing work. You might, my biggest issue with this is like, I feel like it's almost like you, you have to make, you, you have to be, you have to have a certain amount of free time to basically think this way. Right. Like not necessarily. No, but this, this you have is to my... make the time. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's like, you just have to like be able to like bring yourself to that mindset like even if you are living in the rat lace like you have to like appreciate like the like the little moments i mean like personally speaking go like i mean i'm in the hospital i'm like in a rat race right like it's like patient to patient like case to case blah blah but i just be like cracking up to myself like walking down (laughs) the hallways yo because i'm just like thinking back to like bro like like you have like appreciate like why you're here like what you're doing and like i'm constantly just thinking back like yo like 
that's why like people say you gotta love what you do this is where like it comes from because like like you're in there and like i'll have like the most like giddy moments like little moments and just like like everything is just like fun like just make yeah. it fun and that it gives conscious. you energy versus draining your energy yeah that's one like, thing to look at and that shit is be hyping me up you know what i mean like i'll just be like cracking <laughs> like i'm just like i'm a bro like how i'm with you guys that's how i'm with my patients <laughs> i'm like hi bro like i'll give them fist bumps and shit you know what i mean like yeah. i'm just like that that's to me that's just be, like being human and that's what I feel like m- mankind has like lost. Now we are losing a sense of humanity and like, we need to figure out a way to bring that back. I honestly, to me, KV, I'm, I'm in a similar boat as you. I don't think I've, I'm that tapped into spirituality. I think I've become more stoic and I don't know if there's overlap between spirituality and stoicism, but that's just like how I like view the world. I, I don't like, I can't feel energy. I can feel someone's body language. Like I can tell when someone's like a little off, but like that's energy. I don't know. Maybe you're using. Well, it just hasn't cracked you open yet because this is what I think Harvey was saying, which I completely agree when you're a spiritual person. And this is like the, where the stoicism. I love that you mentioned stoicism because I love stoicism. I love philosophy. I love being able to just see it. Like this is just what it is. Right. (laughs) But, and it's dry. It's super dry. And I love dry humor too. And so but I think that when you see somebody who's very, very like, let's say spiritually in, in tune, they're going to have lightness of being. And I think that's what's missing in society is like, you got to live from your heart and everybody's living yourself. from their mind. And even stoicism, you're still in your mind. You're not really living from your heart, you know, because you can express all those things that it describes, but until you feel it, that's embodiment. That's like when you're like lightness of being like, like Harvey said, not every person in the same industry is going to be feeling that way. That shit's going to drain their energy. But for Harvey, it gives him energy and that's his choice because he chose it. So definitely. Yeah. So I feel like you guys put this like you have to have like a certain layer of spirituality, right? To like, oh, like live almost like a good life, right? So like you guys are saying like, oh, these people that like nine to five where they are like on a rat race, right? I think the some of the happiest and most calming people are from like villages that just do just farm wake up early in 5 a.m whatever and they're happy with their lives and they do the same thing every day routinely you know just grind for for their work and i think they're the happiest in their lives more than people in like america and everything like that like but like with those people they have one extreme purpose right and then second they also don't know huh what do you mean? Explain extreme. What's their extreme purpose? Like their purpose is like, that is their purpose. Like that's all they know is like getting up, doing this, raising their family, like doing that. Right. Because when you're like talking about those type of people, they don't have the access to like, see what all else is attainable. Like they don't know what else is there. They don't know what else they could achieve. They don't know what else, like what country. But what if that's could... what they want? Well, whether they know it or not, those people are the most spiritual people because guess what? Lightness of being what I just mentioned. Right. So yeah. yeah. They're connected to the land. They're spending time outside every day. They're waking up early, right? They're not They're not depressed. You know what I mean? They're waking no, up I early. Agree. They're connected to community. They're connected to a purpose. Like um, like Harvey said, they are connected to a purpose. It's even like hunter-gatherers. That's day. like my grand... That, you're describing our grandparents pretty much. 
I was like, my grandma wakes up, bro, and like, like just like, crack a drawn, and she's just out there, like she's just yeah. praying and stuff. But like, she, there's like you, you cannot find a more happier person than her. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, she's definitely connected on some crazy level. That, that's shit. what I'm saying. I feel like you guys have this. Oh, you have to be an observer mode, or you have to like observe it from the outside. These people are just living in the moment, and I feel like that's how I live my life. I guess the way I'm understanding everything is it's, it's just simple as what Drake says. It's just like knowing yourself. <laughs> no, dead ass. Like it's just knowing this yourself. This man says the never bring up Drake, and then he stays bringing up Drake. <laughs> no, it's yeah. honestly, no, it's just no, Joe. You can attest to this. It's just honestly, just knowing yourself. Like people like sensationalized passion and all of the other shit like i don't think i have one particular passion to me my passion is try to be the best version of myself i'm not in a competition with anyone anymore like i used to compare myself to other people i'm in competition with myself from yesterday and if you just do that you're just gonna find success in every metric you're gonna find happiness you're gonna find you know whatever internal peace the transcendence and all of that and the illusion of it is that as you're trying to be the best version of yourself as you're chasing the best version of yourself because that's unattainable if you reach the best version of yourself life is fucking boring what do you do after you hit 100 there's no way anyone's going to hit 100 percent. the no. chase itself the game in itself is chasing being the best version of itself the illusion is while you're chasing that best version of yourself you are in the present moment the best version of yourself and most people don't realize that and that's where where, like I think the thoughts of you know trying to add like not spice of like spirituality or anything like that but it's just I think that's where like where things get a little gray area for me because I just don't see it in that type of lens I just see it more of like a science lens and I I, I guess the question like when I think of this is like is science and spirituality complementary or contradictory because for me like I can't figure out where I can add that onto more into my life. Like I, I, I'm very like logic oriented and you brought up like dopamine and that's how I think about everything. Everything is neurochemistry where we're all like reward based driven human beings. Like, you know, you do something you don't want to do. Your body's going to reward you with dopamine and there's only finite amount of dopamine per day. So you can't do fucking everything that you only have the capacity to do X amount of things. And I think that's like, where like spirituality is like playing a role though. I think, I think it is, for a modern, like the people living and growing in modern reality, it's harder for us to find spirituality because there's these constant distractions, there's these constant yeah. instant dopamine hits. Whereas like if you're looking at like our grandparents and stuff like that, it's much easier for them. They they live by that, like they have that dose and they get that dose by being grounded and doing their day-to-day -day routine and not having distractions. And I think that's where this whole sense, this whole culture of like, spirituality now is like so coming into like because like yeah yo if you want to like escape from your phone it's like it's a mission yeah you know what i mean like it's it's actually hard to like leave your phone because of like our work our day-to-day -day schedule like and like what you may or may not miss right like if you want to go on for like a two-mile walk like that's a that's like low-key a difficult thing to do being a working professional in our day-to-day -day age yeah, and I think that we can learn a lot from the people that do live in the village because it's simplicity at the end of the day. And I think that, uh, you know, you and I are talking or, you know, all, we've mentioned the words leveling up, growth, higher, you know, continue to go. There's no other competition but yourself. As long as we can keep the simplicity, I think that that's more important because there's people out there like all of our desires were given to us to buy a higher power. I truly believe that like we're all meant to be doing something for a reason. So like for them, that is their their mission, right, is maybe just to stay in the village and 
that's their contribution to this soup of amazingness that we all have here. And we're all different ingredients to this soup, you know, and we all need each other, you know, to that level on a macro level too, not on a micro level in a village, they all work together. They're simple, you know, and so they're all working towards a common goal. But like, I think for us being born and raised in the West, we do have this like drive, I think, to like create more and do more. And I think that it's cool that we're all bringing it back to now. I think there's really cool things that we're all doing as far as like sustainability and things like that, too, if that's your mission, you know, but either way, like the growth aspect of it, there can be like this hyper like masculinity of thing that's like really toxic about it too but like i think you could be a millionaire and still stay super simple and live live like a very spiritual life and have the same amount of happiness and joy that's self-derived as the village people do right because i like that you mentioned dopamine as well like here there's just way too many easy hits of dopamine you know like getting likes on your instagram photo what if you can mimic and get the same validation and security that you're seeking from the outside world from those likes on Instagram that you're getting the dopamine hit. What if you can self-source that? You know, I think that's really what they all self-source it anyways. They're not really concerned about outer validation. Those are like the most secure people you'll ever meet. Um, you know, it's just like a lot of us were very, you know, we've been programmed, you know, in a lot of ways. So I guess you could say modern day spirituality <laughs> is returning back to simplicity. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, it's always simplicity, lightness of being and not being so serious. Because I think a lot of people out there are also spiritual teachers, but they're Facts. very serious. And I don't when they're really serious, I see that as a red flag because they're not laughing, you know, and that's, not, you stop being that's so serious. not connected. <laughs> Bro, no. people are way too serious. No. Baby, stop being so serious. serious. <laughs> serious at all. I live in the moment, but I, I disagree with a lot of stuff. So, like, I feel like you, there's a certain point where you're, like, the, it's just the rat race stuff. It's, like, I feel like you guys are, like, yo, oh, like, I'm spiritual and these people don't have the time to be spiritual. But I, I totally disagree with that. I feel like if everyone... Everyone why has, do you have such a problem with that word spiritual? Because, like, I don't not think... Not spiritual, I'm, but I, I think it's it's more of a, like... It's more of like a different level, right? So like you guys are almost kind of, I don't want to say looking down, but it's like, oh, these people don't have the time. These people don't, aren't spiritual almost, but I disagree. I it's think, not like looking down. It's just like, yo, I don't even know. I don't think there's levels to this shit. All I'm saying is that you're either aware or you're not. And like, that's the thing is like, no one's more better than anybody else. You know, at all. We're all subject to the human condition at the end of the day, you know? No, I agree you with that. You think, yeah. KV, how, how many times have you, like, I don't know if this plays a role or not, right? Like, I mean, so for me, like, I I trip twice a year. Like, that's my own thing. That's, like, my resets. So, like, I purposely take, I take, like, a shroom trip twice a year. And that is, like, my spiritual trip. I find that a very grounding experience. I find that experience that, like, resets me. Um, And I feel like that plays a I feel like it does play a pretty influential role in the person I am and who I am and how I've been here. Right. Um, now Joel, I don't know if this plays a role to you. I don't know how those extra like chemicals and stuff play a role in your community because um, Katie, you, ha you haven't tripped as much, right? Like not, you... not really at all. Yeah. But, but I, I see that this is what I'm saying. I feel like I'm self-aware as it is without tripping or anything. You already, you've seen me. I made a big career choice. I'm making a big move now. Like, I, I feel like I'm like know myself enough to do what I want to do. And like, and once I come to a decision, I'm not saying like what, whatever decision I make, I'm, you know me, I'm very like, if I make a decision, it like I'm doing it. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't believe in spirituality as you guys, but 
I believe in awareness and consciousness, obviously, but I'm very self-aware. I think being aware is where I'm at with, I guess, spirituality, but like, I don't totally believe in the spirituality of like... Are you a Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn? No. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most stubborn out of all of us so what would he yeah, he's stubborn as fuck. i'm not stubborn yes you are oh, what was what I'm was saturday stubborn. night what was saturday night that's you being stubborn i'm just asking i'm just asking like where you live at in your head because some people don't live in their head and like i that's why i was saying no one's more spiritual than somebody else because what you're describing some people they have to you know you said you like pick something and you're just gonna go do it you don't have a lot of resistance towards action Right. And just being that person is what you're saying. Right. I feel like that's also not all the way true, though, too. But all right. No, Joe, let me get your take on this, this experience, too. Right. Like your people with alcohol. Right. Alcohol, like one of the most common drugs out there. Right. If somebody like completely changes up their personality when under the influence, are they spiritual or they're like not like are they just do not know themselves and they're just there's something like being hidden. I mean, alcohol is it, the reason why alcohol was even called spirits back in the day if we just look at back in the Ooh, day that's fire i've never connected is because, that is because it makes you susceptible to dark energies like that's what enters your body but like it's it's ego at the end of the day too because it's like you put on this other character right and some people are completely different when they're sober and when they're on alcohol right and it's like so many like things you're you're more you're more open to entities in that sense because that spirit can really like come in and like change your entire personality and sometimes it's not a spirit like sometimes when we talk about mental health back in the day the way that they used to talk about mental health was like that was a spirit already entering you you know it's kind of at the end of the day the dark side of ourselves that comes out the demons. So. Yo, there's demons in that dark liquor that's fabio foreign says there's that demons now. in the whiskey no there's dead ass there's demons in the Yo, dark but liquor. no like because like there's like it's fact though there's so many people especially within our community in like the dancey punjabi community bro oh the yeah brown boys be off the licks and they just get aggressive like why they get aggressive like, they get why? this like my, big, my, my biggest thing is right so like yeah. I'm very introverted outside of my friends group, right? So like lucky ask him. Like I'm like I'll I'll be like, yo, like I I I'll text him. I'm He's like, just a little like, shy when he's sober. So no, yeah, because I no, it's not even that. I <laughs> it's not it's not about being shy. It's I need to feel someone's energy. So like I yeah. need to Ooh, he's I become need, spiritual. <laughs> this is me being something. No, he has a strong know. intuition. Maybe you're a cancer. I tell I tell this to Lucky all the time. I was like, I need to know if that person is someone I can mess with and kind of trust almost in in a sense like if i'm meeting someone new right so I, I have to i have to know if i like can trust this person in a sense of like being myself around them right so that's like my first like that's like how i am shy or like introverted but then once i open up to people and like people know me like and i feel comfortable around you that's when i'm like the real me right so that's why like obviously alcohol helps with like just being social and shit i just get more extroverted well no, I think that I think that now it just kind of clicked a lot of things for me is like the reason why you don't understand the spirituality stuff in this like they call this air energy. So like in your thoughts is because it sounds like you're already naturally an intuitive person. And the fact that you're an introvert, you're already more spiritual, to be honest, because you're already more observant. That's just facts. So yeah, you I might guess. not label it that you might not label it that, but it is what it is, you know, because most of my friends are introverts. I'm an extreme extrovert. And it takes me time to get to that level. And that's why it's that spirituality. But you're right. You don't need to like call it that or like have that yeah. ego around it. You know what I mean? But you're just like that. So are you a cancer? No, I'm a Leah. 
Oh, you're a Leo. Interesting. Well, Leos have a really good intuition. My dad's a Leo, so he really can call out people. But then they he, they can be pretty judgmental too, though, because sometimes when you're like introvert, <laughs> it, you can kind of like. It's can like, you not it's, tell him the way he's asking these questions? Yeah. No, but, I, I, it's nothing against anyone. But... This is the thing to understand: is not everybody's going to perceive the same way. So spirituality is like this all-encompassing thing, but all of us have different gifts of even how we perceive it. Like. I kind of can like read people's thoughts and it's like weird. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, but that's where like it comes in layers because you're really intuitive. So it sounds like you can feel shit like that. You don't even need to think about it. It's like already automatic. Right. And so some of us aren't built with that, but we're built with another aspect of that because we're all spiritual at the end of the day. We're spirits inside of a body. So it just kind of depends on your character too at that point. But yeah. Okay. We'd like to take a quick break for the sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Single to Shadi. Single to Shadi is a community of marriage-minded singles looking for an alternative to the app scene when it comes to finding a true life partner. They cater specifically to South Asians living and working in the United States or Canada, and their approachable price point and relatability to their clients is what makes Single to Shadi different. They are not your parents' matchmaker. Use code BROWNBOY15 to get 15% off the intro package today. Now back to the episode. How do we end up here? I don't know. I don't know. But this is important to talk How about. How did you become because... a guide? I want to know more about this because like, all right, let me give you like a little bit of backstory. All right. Because so being a guy that's dope, I think I am like very, I'm very passionate about psychedelics. Like I wrote about like, I think psychedelics have a great future in terms of just like everything. And I, I'm going into medicine. I want to somehow in some form inc- incorporate psychedelics into my practice because a lot of the patients I deal with are very like depressed people a lot of people with like a lot of difficulties i don't know how i'm going to get to that point but i do have that goal technically in the states from last like from when i've like actually like looked into this matter there's only one school in the country that actually like can give you like actual license to be a guide like an official guide and there's a california school of integral studies um in like san francisco and you can get like a certificate from there and they like actually treat you to, like they teach you how to be like actual professional guide um in terms of like psychedelics and stuff myself i've also like probably been a guy for like five six people just like friends you know what i mean like that like wanted a trip and i was like yo like i got you like well, let's just do this why are like, you laughing <laughs> I'll, I'll i can't imagine him being a guy with no like, like i'm not being a guy but like at least i i, I, I guess it's, it's a it's a form of like comfortability because i know like the stages you're gonna yo, go his to. definition of being a guy is just getting up putting his hands in his like little like pants like the waistband thing and walking around that's all you do when you're like what? Well, no, I mean, what? that's what a guy does. A guy just holds the stage. Like, he literally does this, like puts like his hands on his. Bro, hips. you haven't tripped for me like in a minute. That's fair. <laughs> that's what? fair. That's fair. I'm just saying that, that's all I just. I imagined. took my I took my baby little sister like on a trip. Uh, I took like like three four other friends too <laughs> on a trip. Like you know what I mean? Because like I, I'm just like I, I'll do like a little bit of dose and, but like I'm like super intrigued by this stuff because like I want all the homies. I want all of us to go like go to South America and like go on like ayahuasca retreat. I want us to do like a formal, like actually like in the, like actually in the environment and be with like a shaman and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm very passionate about, it. I definitely want to experience that stuff. So like it just give us a backstory of how you like, got whatever creeped a little bit on the Instagram. Like I saw you getting into things like, what's that all like? How'd you get into that? Like, what's the backstory? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, uh, I'm 32. Uh, the first time I ever tripped was on mushrooms when I was 21. Um, I, it's been an interesting journey. I used to just trip with friends and then somehow I became a medicine woman and I like, I'm training 
still to be a medicine woman. I don't want to even take that title yet because you have to train with the shaman for like 20 years, you know, like this is the tradition, you know, and these medicines, even mushrooms, they come from Mexico um, and they come from the indigenous Mexico, not Mexico after Spain came and took over. So we have to think about that, you know, even the land that we're on was all Anahuac. Anahuac is from Alaska to Nicaragua, and that is actually all indigenous land, you know, so that's where mushrooms, uh, peyote, peyote, uh, you know, if you want to say it in the American way. Um, I've done ayahuasca in Peru. Um, I've done, I've sat with the medicine seven times now. Uh, mushrooms, too many times, I can't count, but every time very intentionally as a medicine. Um, I have, it just kind of came to me. Uh, I have really like deep trauma that I healed through it. I don't think everybody should do psychedelics and I'm pretty, um, at least my stance on it right now is kind of against it being in the medical industry uh, and being modern. I mean, with marijuana is one thing, but I think with psychedelic mushrooms, I think that it should be facilitated with indigenous um, medicine people. And even the word shaman has become so diluted now, kind of the same thing as bandits in India. Um, and there's so many fake shamans out there. I was actually sent to, uh, and when I, when I say these things, like I was sent to, uh, I mean, like literally like spirit now that I'm like very sensitive to this world and I've, I've claimed myself as this and I, you know, this is where people have now come to me and I get sent places to go work and do my work. So the last two and a half years I've been in Tulum in Mexico. Um, and that is all Mayan land. So I worked with a Mayan shaman over there and Were you in Tulum, like last, last, last year, like last year today, actually. Yeah. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. I actually was hosting retreats. I actually did a retreat at this time. Uh, I was on a retreat. I, I was hosting a retreat at that time. No, my bachelor party was like literally at this time right now in Tulum. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I was out there. Um, So I was out there studying. Um, I was out there for a very, like very, very deep reason. Um, And so I've been out there for two and a half years studied and worked with the medicines of um mushrooms as far as like facilitating um i did try peyote out there and i also tried um i did like a lot of cacao ceremonies as well uh cacao being a non-psychedelic but it just opens up your heart so a lot of plant medicines like like i said i kind of disagree with it being out there now and like being i don't know if you want to call it like what centralized or whatever like like out there because i don't think everybody should do it because of the indigenous people knowing also how to do spiritual exorcisms if entities enter you because when you do psychedelics you're going to be very very opened up to that realm and a shaman or a medicine woman is someone that can be in both dimensions at once be here but also be in the spirit world so they're there to protect you and facilitate um and it's kind of good if you just walk around with just your hands in your pockets because it's all about not disturbing anybody's experience you're fully in your intuition. If you need to drop seeds, you drop seeds. That's but, so fire though. Yeah. Like how you can say that like the shaman can travel between the two realities because that's really what I always tell people too, right? I always, my suggest like whatever, a normal dose is supposed to be like 3.5 grams, right? I'd never tell anybody to do 3.5 grams. I always say do two grams for your first time. And I describe two grams of shrooms as being an in-between of reality and not reality like in a in in fantasy so it's like it's right in between fantasy and reality like you're able to ground yourself and like bring yourself back to reality but you can also find yourself slipping into fantasy and usually i've only done 3.5 grams i want to say like twice maybe maybe only once honestly i usually also only do like two grams 2.5 grams like i like to be in the sense of like in the middle line of the two worlds 
and like Bro, going all the way it. to real like in fantasy mode it is wild that that you know? yeah when I, kate i know exactly okay he's about to talk about i'm a key oh every 10 minutes every every, every minute for 10 minutes straight he was like what time is it what time is it what time is it <laughs> he's like every minute for like 10 minutes straight i was like yeah, what is wrong with you <laughs> going into full fantasy is crazy when you go deeper and you actually do psychedelics in a ceremony setting, um, it's really different than tripping with your friends. I will say that because no, like I don't even trip with my friends. I trip my friends here and there, but like when I trip, I usually I've tripped by myself a lot. Like I trip by my, like most of the times when I'm doing these trips, I've like just trip by myself. And I've now come to the decision where I'm not gonna trip by myself anymore because like I haven't been able to find anything new. I haven't been able to find anything more when I do these trips by myself, right? Like I look at myself in the mirror. Like I'm, I, I've, I had these conversations with myself. I'm like, bro, like I talked to myself, I'm bro. Like I'm proud of you. Like I'm content. Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm leveling up. I'm moving up in life. Like I really feel like I can't dig any more deeper now at, at, at this point in the last couple of trips, right? Like it was like probably three, four times. Like I lived in California for like four years. So at that time I was very, like, very like strict about it. I was doing six months and like probably like 75% of those times it was by myself. Yeah, And I wasn't just, I wasn't getting any more meaning from it, but when I was doing it with other people and like enticing them to experience and stuff, it was more meaningful for me. So that's kind of like where I've come, but that's why I think now I'm at that point now where I do need a guide. I need somebody to push me to the next level. Yeah. Um, outside. Think about that though, because the medicine will also let you know when you're done with it. And it's really important to use this other medicine and not abuse it. And so the last time I did ayahuasca, she let me know, like, no more. Like, I didn't even feel anything. And everybody else Mm -hmm. in the room was tripping out. So, you know, it's also to know, like, with psychedelics, when to be done with it. Like, I think that's really important. And I, and that's why I'm afraid of it getting so commercialized out here because it's going to help people. I'm not saying that it doesn't, it helps a lot with mental illness. But do you think psychedelics can be abused though? I feel like they, in my opinion, they can I feel like definitely be abused. People are doing it all over the world, uh, especially in Peru, especially in Tulum, where I was. A lot of people are doing it just to get detached from reality, like back to back. Yeah, they're doing it to get detached from reality. They're not properly giving themselves the diets that you have to be on. You have to first, before you get on ayahuasca, you have to like literally go on a two, three week diet where you rid yourself of all, all your vices, even to the point of like salt and sugar. Because you have to sit with the things that you're numbing, right? And we numb with everything. It's natural. It's human. So um, I think it's definitely being abused. I think people are not using it as medicine. I think people are know- not knowing when to stop. I think that it's coming into our lives and, and being talked about now on a larger scale because it is healing us. Mother Earth knows what she's doing. Consciousness knows is moving us at the end of the day. But I just think that some people don't need it and they shouldn't take it. I know somebody that had severe mental health issues that took it and then... Um, they invited a being to enter their spirit and now they're fucking schizophrenic. You know what I'm saying? So that's because they don't have a grip of their mind. You have to have a certain level of a grip over your mind, whether that's naturally, whether you go to therapy, whether you work with me first, because I always make sure all my clients, um, basically my year long package, it comes with a retreat with a, with a psychedelic experience optional, right. For anybody that's feeling called to doing it in a safe space. But we do six months of inner work before you even before I even give that to you. And that's my responsibility as somebody serving. So I think that um, I think that it's really important to be careful with these terms even of of shaman and being careful with all these only because I studied with the elders. And this is straight from what I didn't I'm not making any of this up. This is from them. This is from their ancestors that they're constantly 
disciplined in talking to, right? So psychedelic experience, I think UCLA did this experiment, right? You do a trip, it's equivalent to like if you meditate every single day for a year, like that same part of the brain is going to be at, lit up and activated because what shrooms does is it lights up parts of the brain that are dormant. Have you read the book, How to Change Your Mind? Which by, one? How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. No, I haven't seen that one, but I think they have a Netflix I'll text you like this picture. There's like a dope ass picture of like an MRI of a person's brain, normal brain, and then an MRI of like a person's brain on like psilocybin. And like, it's just sick. The amount of like increase of neural connections, like from like, because you have parts of the brain that are talking to parts of the brain that usually don't talk. And that is just like, it's a crazy, it's a dope picture. But like, I agree with you. Like, like, that's why I came to this point of like, I do it every six months because like from the research I've done is that like the effects of shrooms is meant to last for like six, at like a, approximately six months in terms of like, especially when you're treating depression and stuff. And that's why, in my opinion, pharma is so like not about this stuff because Zoloft and everything like that, you need to be taking that shit on like the reg. And so from a money standpoint, financial standpoint, if you give somebody a trip and those effects are supposed to last for six months, if from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make sense. Like well, they're yeah, they're handing stop. that shit out like candy and what they really need to be doing even before, even before psychedelics, though, they're handing that shit out like candy right now. Xanax, Zoloft on all those things. That's going to change your brain chemistry forever. You can't even take yourself off of those things because the side effects of suicide right so we got to think about that too there's a huge money to be made in all of us being mentally ill and guess what the most the biggest country with mental illness is the states you know because our cortisol levels are off our hormones are off our stress levels are off we're we're, we're just fucking up all together when it comes to that aspect you know what i mean of reality but I don't think that everybody should be like given psychedelics right off the bat. I think that we need to be doing trauma release. We need to do a, be doing emotional healing. We need to look at that person's trauma and what they've experienced as children. Because if you're not healing your inner child, the the psychedelic. This is what I'm saying about psychedelics and how people abuse them. You got to know when you're done with the medicine. You know, it's a medicine at the end of the day. We can't just keep using it because it's going to take us to the next level. You're meant to take yourself to the next level at the end of the day. You know, and and third thing is is that you can have this trip, but then people will not integrate it. So let's say they learn that time isn't real. We don't need to be tripping about time, you know, on their trip. Maybe that was the deepest message they got. You worry too much about time. But as soon as it wears off, guess what? They go right back into their old patterns because they're not actually healing on a deep level. It's going to light up those, those, you know, neural pathways, but our brain's going to always go back to what's natural. This is why you go and look at the spine, Joe Dispenza, right? You go to your spine chiropractor, you know, you go and you get them to align you, right? Our spine holds everything, by the way, all of our traumas and everything. And even with psychedelics, it's working through your entire nervous system and your spine holds all of that as well. So it's kind of like you can go and get aligned by our chiropractor, but guess what? It's going to go back to what's familiar. You have to keep going, right? So this is why yoga can come in and be like your own chiropractor service, you know, and you're getting aligned. And I, that's why I think you know, now I don't really even do medicines anymore, but it sounds like you do them intentionally. I'm not trying to like, you know, I think they're amazing. They changed my fucking life. You know, I'd love to talk about the light aspect of it, but I have to be real with it too. You know, it's dope to hearing that perspective though. Like, I mean, I honestly like haven't thought about that. Right. Like, oh, yo, like I should be done with it now. Right. Like, do you never feel like, you, are you like always drawn to it? Like to me, like, you know, like 
I'm not drawn to it. Like once I'm like when I trip, like I don't have an urge to trip See, again. Yeah, I don't have any. I'm urges. exhausted. Like I just finished taking like the hardest test of my life. Yeah. Like that <laughs> shit is great. That's why I'm saying why like it's crazy to me here in this perspective. Like people are like taking this shit like on the reg like week to week because I just like I feel like I could not do that. Like I can't trip like one weekend after the next after the next because like it is so mentally draining. Yeah. Because I'm like fully like immersed. Like I'm, I'm like, I am being intuitive. Like I'm like, do you like, think whatever you learned you like to me, when I think about all of this, I feel like it's just like a catalyst. Anything I need to get out of the trip, I can do it in a sober mind. It just kind of accelerates that activation yes. energy. Like if you need to do it to like, I'm not like to me in the mental state I am in nowadays, I see no value in doing it. It would only be recreational. And when I think of that way, I just see I'm going to do more harm than good because I'm in such a, baseline state where i'm just content with everything i don't care about visuals i don't care about seeing bright lights like the only other positive thing i can see it is the creativity but i think creativity you can just tap in when you kind of just start being aware of your thoughts because that's all where creativity is like we're creative every moment of the second that we're like breathing but the fact that we are not aware that we're thinking is where like the creativity diminish and that's where like people say your inner child or your imagination dies down because imagination doesn't die down you just how do you do this without a chemical how do you do this without a chemical yeah but i feel, I, i'm exactly where you are lucky like i don't think i need to trip i really haven't done shrooms or anything ever like maybe like the honey shrooms that you brought to tulum that was it i've never done shrooms as it is yeah and i, I think i've never needed it either. yeah exactly i don't think at this stage in my life like I think at, like, college, like, it was recreational, more, more so just, like, fuckery. Like, I never, like, she's yeah. actually being respectful with it, like, saying medicine and all of that. To me, it was just a way to, like, fuck around. I never thought of it as a way to, like, kind of, you know. I never thought of it as, rec- I never thought it was a recreational. I always thought of it I as never do it as recreational. Yeah, it sounds either. like you do it very intentionally, Harvey. So that's I 100% really exciting, do it for attention, so. yeah. I think either way, either way, psychedelics are going to bring you to a deeper state. Like, that's just what it is. You're everyone's going to benefit from it. I'm just saying there's things that people don't know about it that like they should be learning from indigenous people. Right. But like, I think that, you know, every shrooms trip I've had has been fucking intense and playful and just so much fun. Have you had a bad trip? Like, I think bad trips are actually good trips if you're able to handle your mind because it's showing you something. Yeah, the book I read is like, there's no such thing as a bad trip. There's a yeah, challenging trip. Yeah, there's no trip. such thing as a bad trip. <laughs> I did ayahuasca and I had a very, very heavy trip. You know, like I experienced death. Like I, I was on the other side and that was fucking trippy. Um, and that was really cool, right? Not everybody's going to break through either. You have to be open to it. You know, you got to be open to it. So it is very, very much, it depends on person by person. You, nobody can like really control anyone's experience yep. on it. One but. last thought, since you brought up that point, um, since all of these like psychedelic, I, then KB, we can, let's do uh, songs of the week after this. So no, Joe, final question. So yeah. this is uh, like, you're talking about breaking through and psychedelics and all of that. Do you think the aggregation of like who Navjot is at 32 year old guide, did the meaning of life change for you with like after all of said and done? The way I think about it, your meaning of life or the foundation is going to be however your like inner character is, your inner dialogue is. And then on top of that, you can build like layers of like what you want to extract out of that meaning. So when people talk about breakthrough and all of that, like, I guess my question to you is like, did it really change your perspective on what life is? Or do you look at life in a different way? Or is it kind of you had this feeling and it just kind of I guess you're the arbiter of truths for your life. So like, did it give you this sense of truth that you already knew within yourself and then it just kind of solidify it? 
yeah no completely like i feel like it was like literally um death and rebirth you know and that's kind of like what i hold space for for my clients is death and rebirth cycles so really seeing who i used to be and how i am now it's completely changed and how i'm going to be is going to be completely different but i think it's like ignorance is bliss right because once you take what is it called the blue pill right it's like you kind of you kind of just like you're gone like i can't even get with the same programs that like you know our families being Punjabi right there's so many programs that we had that just like don't even fit with me anymore and like I can't even at least before I used to be able to like kind of all right all right I see what you're saying like all that but now I can't even my mind can't even think that way anymore you know so yeah totally I think that we just have a lot of different death and rebirth cycles and the more you keep opening the more it's scarier it gets because you're going to be so detached from the things that you used to like be programmed with you know if that answers your question so i think yeah, yeah the truth just keeps getting the truth will keep hitting you in the face and you will get keep getting tested too because you have to be like especially as a guide like if you're a good guide you have to really like focus on integrity a lot and be about it you know so it's like i can't i can only take my clients as far as i will go you know myself and i have to go and seek and keep keep going forward you know but luckily i do get little breaks in between so yeah yeah it is like it is this higher mission this higher purpose and i think everybody can have it whether you're a spiritual guide whether you're a doctor whether you're working in tech i think that there's a, everyone has a service to provide here awesome all right should we wrap it up kb with songs a week this has been a very enlightening conversation Yo, we need to have her back on more of like yo facts on like I more of like a Punjabi. No, there's too much to talk about with this shit yeah, yo. no, 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 wait harvey like, harvey what time is it <laughs> 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 I think he's in 1942 right now, <laughs> bro. No, I love, I love this. I'm gonna send you that book too because it's a great book. You should read that book. Send it to me. They made a documentary about it on Netflix, I think, right? Maybe I don't know. I haven't. I literally Sounds just read familiar. the book and I haven't been like, yeah. I look, you do have to trip like once though, because yeah. just experience. I want my parents to trip, bro. I literally think, I think psychedelics is the reason why religion was created. Like that, that's like that is my theory. Like I have no, so many theories. Like somebody, somebody popped a mushroom and they start seeing God and they start seeing all these things and they started spreading the message and that's how all this shit came around. Like I swear to God, you know. What if they were already tapped in without all of that? What if we're all just in a simulation and mycelium is like controlling all of us? <laughs> this whole like reality and unreality thing too. Like I totally feel you on so many levels with this kind of stuff too because like all this stuff, all the things we live in this world right now, it's all fake. Like money. All it's just paper. All these corporations, all fake. We as people have made this shit. It doesn't exist. It's not real. At any point, all this shit could like blow up. Like, what are we actually trying to achieve? That's where like being spiritual and grounded is so important because like that's what actually matters. None of this other shit actually does matter. Earlier, when you were saying like <laughs> when you trip, you're like in fantasy world and reality. What's the biggest contradiction? Because like life's such a paradox. Is when you're in that world that's actually real and then this reality isn't real because it's like over there you're completely in the wavy world right you're in the waves you're in the quantum world and that's actually what's going on when we're not on psychedelics or let's just say we're here everything just looks like it's freaking solid you know what i'm saying and like it's just like we're not actually seeing things as what it is at all we're seeing things as we are into our level of consciousness so it's kind of sad that i can't see beyond 3d because i definitely know there's higher dimensions like 4d 5d because i've been watching too much pbs space time but like <laughs> no like dead ass like it's so sad that like we can't see beyond the 3d world 
we actually need to bring you back on to like kind of talk about like the Punjabi dynamics of like what you do because like if like my parents saw like the videos of you like going on a retreat or like going on taking these medicines they were like yo she's possessed by like like someone took <laughs> o- took over her and stuff like obviously like that's not true but like just like their mindset of like what they think about like Kala Jadu and all of that like that like you know the old Pindu mindset like I just want to know if like your parents ever like we'll save it for another time but like that's one of the you questions should, like you should hear what my relatives think of me <laughs> <laughs> this this is another, that's why we need to have you back on for like part two but yeah this is already I'd a long ass that. that's really important and uh, like I work with pretty much only they see people so like like it's really important to talk about that aspect of like how free you start becoming and what does that do with your family and how does it trip them out you know so wait I do have a question you said it's like your package is six months right so like are they in Tulum with you for six months no 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 so I start everybody off at eight weeks like two months with me um and then no 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 it's all zoom oh okay, so okay. it's all through zoom I work through through zoom so it's like for two months and then if they qualify for my year-long program basically like if they received a lot of transformation the first two months um I'll offer them a year and in that year-long program they receive a retreat about six months in so like we work on zoom once a week and then i put them all in a group too all my year-long clients are in a group so we have group calls every month where we go into like some really high level deep shit uh together and it's um and then i'm more teaching on those calls whereas i'm coaching on the one-on-one calls and then um six months in we do a retreat so so far i've hosted them in tulum uh now that i'm back in the states i'm back in cali i'm looking into doing uh, mount shasta sedona um, maybe some some places out here in SoCal. So definitely just Have you like done DMT yet? Yes. <laughs> Why'd you say yes? Yes. yes. <laughs> another day. Another, another you don't day, get to be a guide day. if you don't do all of that, bro. I know you I'm have kidding. to. Though. You I'm have just kidding. To. I'm yeah, kidding. No, it's my initiation. <laughs> That's your. This is what you need to put on your wallet. It's not your graduate diploma. You need to put put on all these like different medicines you've taken. Yeah, fuck a degree, bro. It's all about the experience. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. That's the best way to wrap this up. Uh, all right. Should we get into songs of the week? Yeah, you got it. What's your What's your songs? Of the week? <laughs> Do you have a song? You already know. You already know. Um. So I was abusing it all day yesterday. Dude, I, can I just say I'm so tired of like Punjabi music lately, bro? So like it's only been rap lately. So it's the weekend popular. Been listening to that like all day yesterday. Soft. The first release was way better. What release? With, with... There's a second song of his uh, album. I've been listening. <laughs> I've been listening to so much Punjabi music. So, so we usually, like, I always give, like, a Punjabi song that's a little outdated and they, like, made fun of me. But, like, I don't know. We went to a bachelor party in Mexico City, like, a couple of weeks ago, and it was just all Punjabi boys. And it was just, like, nonstop Punjabi music. And I, I swear to God, if I hear Billow one more time, bro, like, <laughs> I'm just, like, it's a rap right now. So it's just only, like, rap and, like, R&B for a little while. But nice. that's mine. Popular by the weekend. KB, you go. All right, I'm gonna. So I have a UK song, Central C, and uh, Fire. Dave, you, you know what UK I'm talking rap? about? Yeah, yeah. no, but you, Dave, Dave and Central C, Sprinter. Oh, Sprinter. Oh, true, true, oh, true. That, that song is too. so good. Yeah. Dude. Oh fuck. All right, Rico, you go. Uh, I'm going off the Spider Verse album, all the way live. Metro, Future, Lil Vert. Sheesh. Mine is gonna be like Afrobeats, and it's called Stay. It's by Melvito. Fire. All right. Thank you, Navjoth, for coming on. We hope to have you back on for a part two whenever to discuss everything else that we didn't get to touch upon. Um, but this is a very interesting conversation. I'm sure we all took something away without us knowing that we took something away. Uh, but 
yeah, thank you for coming on, sharing your story, sharing your insights. And, you know, it was very entertaining from my end. So appreciate you giving your time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Wait, also, do you want to plug anything? Like, Nifjo, do you want to, like, say, like, where to find you? Oh, I didn't I didn't know what plug meant. Okay, yeah, I'm the plug right now. I'm the plug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, if anybody's interested um, in reaching out, I'm a very open person. So um, you can find me on Instagram, metaphysical underscore goddess. That's the best way to reach out to me uh, through DM. And um, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of Brown Book Chronicles. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for watching the Brown Boy Chronicles. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. All of our episodes can be found on every streaming platform. If you guys want to follow us on any social media, it can be found in the episode description. Also, if you guys have any business inquiries, please feel free to email us at brownboychronicles1 at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.